0: Life moves pretty fast You don't stop and look around once in a while You could miss it Who said that? Who the f*** said that? This is
1: Tommy S. The phone's for you, I think it's the devil Who are these f***ing guys? This is Tommy yes? We'll go to the
2: loony Bin together It's a lot of nonsense A
3: little nonsense now and then Is relished by the
0: wisest men. What time is it?
4: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, what's cracking?
2: We have a very important show for everyone today. You know, we're going to hear from a number of people, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. And I think with the way our country is at this point, we need to hear these voices and we need to start talking about plans and creating a dialogue Saw this might be one of my favorite episodes of the Total BS podcast. I'm ready to get started.
4: Absolutely. You know, we 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 put it out there for everybody today. We wanted to see anybody that wanted their voice to be heard to come on. We gave them that opportunity. Hey, let's get it. Your fans
5: just might turn it off, man. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must
1: you're not whack. You just sound whack rapping after other. Your fans just might turn into off. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best sixteen if you must. you not whack, you just sound whack, rapping
4: after us. MC Square just dropped another video, by the way, a whole new album. You can go check them out. They're they're the guys that uh, that hooked us up with their sound so we could use it for our, our podcast. So much much love to them for doing that. And uh, man, you know, that's that's a good underground hip-hop group. If you got a chance to listen to them, please mc squared hey it's great it's it's great I,
2: it's great fun i have a question i have a question okay <laughs> yeah how how do you look up mc square on apple podcast or on itunes oh like, how, you, how do you what, type that in
4: they're on spotify
2: they're on spotify so spotify. if you're on spotify MC2, that's it yep oh okay i was like how do you there's no special way to do the square thing also, so i was wondering how
4: also, you know what? We're gonna we'll put it in the show notes below so that way it's an easy click and you're you're there. How about that? Absolutely. On Facebook Absolutely. and it. on YouTube after the after the show, <laughs> we'll put it out there. But we came here tonight to talk about something very, very important, obviously, with the climate in the world the way it is. I mean, and it is all over the world. I think what that's what's what has started to separate this from every other injustice um in the last you know decade, two decades, three decades, man, all the way back to the sixties is that. It seems like the message is finally starting to get across. But that's my perspective. That might be your perspective. But we wanted to bring in other people's perspective that have different backgrounds and they have different um, thoughts. And they don't have to agree with us. That's, that's the yeah. caveat, right? That We don't grow if we only listen to one piece of noise, right? We have to, we have to listen to the, the entire picture. And this whole message this entire time has, listen, listen. Especially when it came from black people to white people, we're asking people to listen. And I think that message is getting across, Justin.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was at a, a celebration of black lives yesterday uh, down here in Arizona. And one of the things that, or one of the, th- the messages that really resonated with me is, you know, w- white people were learned to have opinions. That's that's what one of the speakers said. We have opinions, and right now we need to just shut up. You know, we we have two ears and one mouth, so that means we need to listen twice as much as we talk. And you know, I, I just think now is the time for people like me to not be so opinionated right now, because there's a problem in this country, and I think we really need to listen. And if we listen, and we come up with a plan and we hear from all these different voices that we're going to take that step forward to getting better as a society. You know, I was watching Netflix the other night and I watched uh, what was it, L.A. 1992. If you watch that documentary, yeah. it's literally everything that's going on right now. Yeah. You have people criticizing the looters and you know, everything that goes along or kind of the bad things that go along with the peaceful protesting and people are so worried about the looting and all of that they're not concerned about the domino that caused all of this and to think that was in 1992 here we are in 2020 still discussing the same things and you know we've i like to think that we got better as a society but there are so many issues that we need to fix and i'm excited to hear all these voices Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's
4: get into it. Let's go ahead and bring on some of the the people that reached out to us and wanted to be a part of this and, and talk and have their voice be heard. Uh, first, we have a gentleman by the name of Andy Morales. Morales, I'm sorry. Uh, he was he's part of the Amphi School District. He's a teacher. He's been a teacher for thirty years in in the Southern Arizona area. And so, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. No, oh, no problem. And then next, we also have a 24-year veteran, and I say veteran. He's probably going to laugh when I say veteran because this man talks so much trash on the basketball court, um, and he's a Laker fan, Justin. So there you go. You know, Laker fans unite. Uh, yes. My man, my man, Andre <laughs> Webster is in the house. What's up, Andre?
5: Peace, gentlemen.
4: <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know what? Selfishly, you know, as a father, um, I wanted to. I, I've been trying to talk to my kids about what's going on in the, in the world and how things are doing, um, and and the, the perspective that young people should have as we move forward, because they're the ones that are going to carry this torch as we move forward. So I'd ask my son if he wanted to be a part of this, and uh, here he is. Kellen, what's going on? Hello. <laughs> He's very <laughs> quiet, so uh, hopefully we get more than five words out of him today, but uh, Andy, your perspective on this entire thing. I asked you to come on. What what made you say, you know, what I want to speak out today? I just think
0: this the whole atmosphere. I, I saw a story this morning about how the journalists were being attacked in Tucson, and and um, you know, there's just a, a tipping point that you know a lot of these. I, I know this print media, unfortunately. You know, Justin. It, it's dying. So a lot of people they don't know the stuff that like Caitlin Smith has been doing, uh, and they're calling her out for you know um, not calling herself out, and they have no idea what she's done to help out the community. And you know, it, and it just it goes along with taking the knee, where that was that was misconstrued. Actually, um, Kaepernick took that idea from the military personnel. It had nothing to do with disrespecting the flag, and 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 this whole protest has been co- this protest has been co-opted in the same fashion where a lot of people are lumping protesters in with rioters, and and they know it's not true, and it's really sad that there's another side. Why does there have to be another side to fairness and equality? Why are people fighting that? Um, there's just a lot to. Do. We can go on for for years, probably on, on, sure. on all this. And the, the Black Lives Matter. Um, it goes back to I don't know. I'm probably the oldest one here. Where in the '60s, uh, black men had "I'm a man" signs. And, uh, that was the sign they had. And and well people and now Black Lives Matter. They don't realize there's a there's a comma and a two after that. It's not you're not a man. Or your life doesn't matter. Black lives matter, too. And, and so people are, you know, they're, it's just sad that people are fighting against that. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around why there's an opposition to that. Um, so, you know, this, those, that, that's where I'm coming from. Andre,
4: uh, you know, uh, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I think that's one that's shared by a lot of people. Um, you have your own perspective, obviously being a military man, and um, that whole debate about the flag. And, and you know, I think um, uh, somebody said it best. I I forgot who it was, but they said, you "Gotta stop using the flag like a blindfold." Um, when it came to Drew Brees, uh, how do you feel about um, this in, entire situation as it stands right now?
5: First, I'll talk about uh, the whole fake usage of. Patriotism and the flag. Saul, as you know, you and I were both in the military. I've never taken an oath to a flag. I took an oath to defend the constitution against all enemies at foreign and domestic, plain and simple. And even looking at the Constitution, the Constitution saw my ancestors as three-fifths of a human. So it was always skewed. And to me, and I just use myself. I always, I was born in 1965, I always believed this country was moving and truly wanted to be what it said it was, until November the 4th of 2008. When a black man got elected president, a segment of this nation just lost their their collective crap. They couldn't stomach it. And it has tilted this nation in a way that I never saw before and and personally caused me to lose faith in this nation. because as it gone on, it got worse and worse. It's people. Why is it controversial to say America should give everybody the equality that it says it does? That everybody should be treated with the dignity of a full human being. It's mind blowing to me. Yeah, it is completely mind blowing to me that that's controversial. Like, uh, the brother Andy said, Black Lives Matter, and that's probably the second time I've ever said that phrase in my life. <laughs> but Black Lives Matter doesn't say nobody else's, does I saw a thing today that said, If I said, We need to save the rainforest. That doesn't mean I'm saying let all other forests die out. (laughs) You
4: know what I'm saying? That's the same thing
5: as when people say black lives matter.
4: For sure. For sure.
5: Black lives seem to be the one that's under assault. And it's crazy to me. They're under assault by people who are paid to serve and protect them.
6: I can't hear you there. So I see your lips moving, but I can't hear you, brother.
4: I said you just came from covering a protest, correct? No. Hold
6: on, I've got nothing. Okay,
4: that's all right. Okay, no, that's okay. No worries. All right. So um, anyway, let's circle back to, to what Dre was talking about. You know, he was talking about you know equality and how that shouldn't be a controversial topic. And I think now, as we move forward, hopefully it is a controversial. Uh, uh, um, hopefully, it isn't a controversial topic as we move forward many different people are going to have many different perspectives um, but again when we come back to um, equality justin why is equality such such a controversial thing
2: i don't know i i really don't you know and and going back to to what dre said you know black lives matter and i i, I will be the first one to tell you when i first heard that phrase was it 24 Thirteen. When I mean, when did Black Lives Matter really become a thing? But I, I don't know when that year was. But I do remember I was so uneducated about it. I was like everybody else. I said, I, well,
4: I, I want to say it was Trayvon Martin. I, I want to say Martin. it was Trayvon Martin, and, and well, it was. When, when he got killed, and that's when uh, LeBron and, and everybody like wore the hoodies. The Miami Heat all wore hoodies and, and took a pose. And um, and I think uh, the NBA, some of those those, yes. those those teams were wearing Black Lives Matters shirts. Um, So to support that
2: cause, yeah. I was just like everybody else. I thought, well, we're all fighting for equality. You know, why isn't there um, a Latino lives matter? Why isn't there a Muslim lives matter? But I listened after finally listening and seeing the problem for so many years. Just like Dre said, you know, this isn't like, you know, I go to the doctor and I have a broken wrist, and I and I ask the doc, "Hey, examine me." And he examines my knee, my ankle, everywhere, and except my wrist. And I tell him, "Hey, man, my wrist is broken." He said, "No, no, no, all your bones matter." Yeah. Or if your or if your house is on fire, when you call the fire department. Are, is the fire department going to hose down every single house on that street? No, they're going to focus on the one house that is currently on fire. And it's just so unfortunate that we're still here in 2020. And there is an issue with police brutality on black Americans. And I keep hearing people say, well, you know, there's police brutality on all races. Uh Last time I checked, I I haven't seen a cop uh, put his knee on, on a neck of a white man for nearly nine minutes.
4: I, th- I think it's important to make a distinction about that. But first, before I get to that point, I'm going to bring in somebody else as well right now uh, coming from way up in Detroit, just getting off a of shift. That's how dedicated this man is to the cause. Mr. Zach Clark, how you doing, buddy? Hey, guys, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. I'm trying to get this set up. Well, hey, look. Hey, you guys all are nice, fancy rooms. I am literally
6: just, this is my work behind me. I'm literally out of my, I was in my car, it was too dark, so uh, this is the best I can do as far and, as the car. And you standing, just, I should say,
4: you just came from covering a protest, correct?
6: Yeah, hey, I did. Second you day did. in a row, yep.
4: What, what's your feeling on all this? Uh, I know you're just kind of coming in this. Just to give me a general thought in terms of uh, your initial feelings, each time you have to go out and cover this protest, what you're seeing and what you're feeling.
6: Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I spent uh, the last couple of days not only in the city, but in the suburbs as well. And you you talk about All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. I hear you guys having that conversation. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is really going to be difficult about this movement, the changes. You know, I was speaking with protesters and their leaders, the organizers, and the change for which they're asking is not something that is insignificant. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. But the change for which the protesters are asking is wholesale change. And we're hearing right now in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, they're talking about completely defunding the police department and starting over from scratch. I mean, that's something that it's not like Glitter the Good Witch, where you can just wave the wand and make it happen. That's a very complicated process. I'm not saying we shouldn't explore it. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. But, you know, as I talk to protesters, they say they're willing to be out there. As long as it takes, and one of the women I spoke to today says she thinks she'll be out protesting in the Michigan wintertime. She thinks she'll be out in Detroit come December. So, you know, this today in Detroit uh, was the 10th consecutive day. Are we going to be having this conversation in six months on the 190th consecutive day? And I think the answer is, you know, uh, probably far more likely than we would have thought. I think that this goes on at least into the summer. And, um, you know, will those changes happen? And the big question I have, and you all can speak to this. Uh, more than I can, being a, a white man. But, you know, when the police departments, when the government say we're going to make these changes, is there the trust within the communities that are protesting to believe that that change will happen? And, you know, one of the things they're asking for in Detroit is transparency within the police department. They want more information. They want an independent audit. They want to see the books. They want to see where the money goes. And, you know, in the past, the department's been hesitant to that. Will they be more receptive? And, you know, there was talk about the protesters sitting down with the mayor and the chief of police, but they said they would not do that unless the demands of every single protester was met. I'm not saying it's not reasonable, but again, the the the, the asks are large and these problems are systematic. They're centuries old. And so, um, you know, I think these protests are going to continue for for quite some time. And, you know, I think until change comes, people feel like they need to be out there. And that was the message that I
4: got today. The, the trust is the biggest thing right now. How many times in the past have things been brought up like this and the police department or the local government is saying, yeah, we'll take care of it. We're going to make wholesale changes and nothing ever happens. So uh, my perspective on this, Zach, and you let me know if I, I have you, you know, you're feeling on this, right? All the, the, the lofty goals and the expectations that protesters have, that's, that's all well and good. But if I'm a local government official, I don't want to get myself into trouble and promise more than I can actually pull off during my time. Right. So we're talking about incremental changes that make a significant difference as we move along. And I think that's been part of the problem is we have a tragedy, a week or two of protest, and then it kind of goes away and everybody forgets about it because they get distracted with real life and other things or just life and other things. And uh, I think that's part of the problem. And I think this is the distinct difference between this and. And all the other ones is because this just feels like okay, whoa! This this is way bigger than we thought. It's worldwide for crying out loud! You know they're they're protesting in Belgium, they're protesting in Germany, Paris, like you, Korea, name, Korea. You know, I mean, like people are sick and tired of hearing about racial injustice worldwide, and I think that's a beautiful thing. And hopefully that'll spur change. Before I, I'm gonna let my son go because I'm sure he's sitting here like, okay, cool. <laughs> Can I talk for a second, please, um, Kellen? You're 13 years old, 14, I'm sorry, 14 years old, about to be 15, and your first year of high school. Kellen is my son. He's got black in him. He's blonde hair, blue eyes, so he's got a, a unique perspective. I wanted to bring him on. Um, to find out, you know, what his feeling was, and as soon as I say that, his screen goes black. <laughs> <laughs> so he's your kid. Kids in technology, you know, what I mean, like, well, what's going on here? So he's um, playing his video game. He, he probably answered a text for crying out loud, or answered a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a call. Sorry. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on past but, that real quick, and then uh, Justin, uh, y- your feedback. It looks like you want to say something real quick.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm really curious uh, Saul and, and Dre, uh, Dre, I don't know if you have any kids, if you have any, uh, okay. Uh, when you were raising them, when they were, you know, starting to figure out their, their role in life, did you have to educate them on how to address a police officer or if they were to ever get into a situation? what they should do when they come across a police officer?
5: Yeah, I'm going to tell you a funny story about that, Justin, man. I have two daughters. They're 30 and 22. Saul knows this already. My children are biracial just like Saul's. And it always has made me sad that I've always been thankful that I have girls and not boys because... They're less in danger from the police. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They and and but they know they've had the lessons, too. But the fact that they're pretty and they're females helps them. You know what I'm saying? But they would. My wife and I, we taught our, our children that you're black and you're white, but the world will see you as black. That's just straight up. And and talking about police, I don't know a black man who hasn't had a negative experience with the cops.
4: Do you saw? <laughs> no.
5: I no. don't know a single one. Not and I'm going to tell you a funny story. I have a cousin. Her name is Latanya Kennedy. She was a Dallas police. That's my hometown, Dallas, for 31 years. She retired a couple of years ago, 31 years. The Dallas police killed her brother.
2: Yeah.
5: (laughs) And the city of Dallas paid my aunt $500,000 for killing her son while her daughter was a
4: Dallas police woman. That's the change. That, that's the change we're looking for, right? Yeah. And it's it, but but it's more complicated than just the system, right? It's, it's 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 almost a change in complete behavior for some people. You know, I think the screening process is obviously one of those things that desperately needs an overhaul. How you evaluate the psychological factors that go into being a cop—it's not an easy job. It's not for everybody. We all know this. Um, Kellen, you—I was—I was queuing you up real quick. Are you back now?
1: I think so, yes. Okay.
4: <laughs> Kellen, as a 14-year-old, as a um, what what is your thought? And I, I want everybody to hear this because he's a young man and he's trying to figure out life, right? As we all were at 14 years old. What is going on in his mind? Kellen,
1: what is your perspective on all this? Well, um, being in like high school, I have history classes and we always learned about racism and like just – all the things stacking up to it. And um, I don't think I ever saw how serious it was until, until the killing of George Floyd. I, I feel like it's always been as bad, but just recently, like a veil has been lifted over my head. And then I have seen like, this is all happening. And all, all of the other killings of just black civilians by cops and stuff. And it's
2: Kellen. What Kellen, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. It, do you think maybe it's because you actually saw the video? This was in broad daylight because there have been a number of instances where you see people defend the police officer and say, Yeah, but there's always another side of the story. This was as clear as day. Do you think yeah. that's why?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's definitely. Like supporting it and just why everybody had an outlash. Um, I I like I've heard about other killings of black people like Trayvon Martin, uh, but it it almost just flew past my head. But but now that I've seen a video and like seen how the cop was not even phased by how he just killed a man, it it really just it, it really just stays in, in my mind.
0: Yeah. I mean
4: that that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Yeah.
0: Well, I right. I think, think yeah. Cal brings up a good point because um, I'm going to date myself again, but civil rights legislation never would have passed unless the TV cameras saw Bull Connor put the dogs and the hoses on the on the citizens of Selma or, or Alabama. Um, that's when things change, and 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 I bring that up again because the president. What did you say a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago? Um, he has vicious dogs and some kind of weapons, and that first thing popped in my, my my head: vicious dogs and weapons.
4: It's no it's no different than when Muhammad Ali was fighting George Foreman in the thrill in Manila, and George Foreman showed up with German shepherds, which that particular dog was used to attack a lot of people. at that time and it's just like it was an automatic like a bad visual for a lot of those people around there um it's the same thing
0: once the nation saw what was happening in the south from those video clips then things started to change and and calum brings up a good point once that video came out of uh, the almost nine minutes but they've added more minutes because you can see that he already was in the cop car so um you know there's a lot of stuff going on in minneapolis that i just uh tim Steller, I, I think justin should talk to him he, he grew up there it's it's really bizarre city and uh but Callan's right the, the video coming out it was another game changer
4: Callan, i appreciate you buddy you. love you all right thanks for coming on zach I, I guess i'll defer that same question to you
6: yeah you know as far as It's been interesting to me, this whole experience. You know, I've been able to live my life with the veil of being a white man. I can walk into certain situations. I can do certain things. You know, there was a man uh, about a month ago that made a video after Ahmed Aubrey was killed. um, And he was white. He took his shirt off and put a TV under his arm and ran through the neighborhood. And people asked him if he was okay and said hello to him. We know what happened to, to Ahmed Aubrey in that same neighborhood with no television in his hand and so it's, it's forced me to confront certain things that even I consider myself a tolerant person, an accepting person. But I think the problem is that in certain volumes of silence, I was accepting and tolerating things that were truly despicable and that were evil. And so I have learned that, you know, certainly as a journalist, I have to use my voice in a certain way, but as a person that I have to, when I see something that is wrong, not only point it out, but yell as loud as possible and point at it until somebody else sees it and starts yelling and pointing at it too. And, you know, I I think about my own children. You guys were talking about uh, your kids. I have a four-year-old. He too is white, but unlike me, he is Jewish. So he has a separate bias. And this one, again, he's able to hide a little bit if he chooses, right, because of the color of his skin. But, you know, I grew up in a little teeny tiny town in suburban Detroit. I didn't ever have to think about these things. And the older I get, as I experience things firsthand, not only do I feel guilty, which makes me feel even more guilty at the same time, there's this compounding feeling of guilt, but that we have to all together do something. And to me, it feels like we have to stop accepting the current reality. You know, there's this saying, it is what it is, or that's baseball, right? Those kind of things, unless it is baseball, those kind of things have to go away. We can't operate under the status quo anymore. They have to end. And until they do, Saul, these people, whether they're in Belgium, like you said, or in Korea or in Detroit or in California or in Tucson or wherever you are, Dallas, they'll continue. These people are not going to go away until they feel that they have been heard by the collective. And that's something that I think, you know, we'll need to keep an eye on because I don't think that's something that's going to happen quickly. You know, I mentioned it, it could be a matter of, of weeks and months and these kinds of changes are difficult and they're necessary. And so, you know, I, I just as far as how it goes immediately, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders. I have no idea. Over time, I'd like to think things would change. And, you know, I listened to Andy talking. He's absolutely right about what has changed. You talk about civil rights. You talk about Bull Connor. The problem is, and I'm not disagreeing with Andy, the problem is not enough has changed since then because we are still seeing problems like what happened with George Floyd or even with Breonna Taylor. You know, she wasn't um, somebody that had been pulled over. That was a no-knock warrant. They were in the wrong house. They shot, they killed her. And, you know, uh, I heard Dre talk about Dallas and what happened. I mean, don't forget, we're not more than, what, 18 months away from a a uniformed Dallas police officer mistakenly walking into somebody else's apartment and shooting Batman and killing him. Thinking it was her own.
0: Thinking it was her own.
4: That's
6: That's what she says. That's that's what she says. I'm not sure. Those are just the Uh, ones we
0: know about. Those are just the ones we know about.
6: and, And, you know, that's the thing that I'm glad that's been said, too, because one of the signs I saw during the protest today was, how many of these incidents? The sign says how many weren't videotaped? Question mark. Yeah.
2: Well, and, that and you also to me
6: is the real question. It's
2: when you point. also think of Ahmaud Arbery, the the shooters they they weren't arrested until what two months later because that's when the video three surfaced. Three two months, months. Yeah, three I months later, right. that's it when they were finally 23rd arrested.
6: of February. And you know that, that there's that's, there's a systematic problem in this country, and it doesn't just involve. Uh, police brutality. The same was true with Ray Rice. He beat that woman senseless and nobody cared until we saw the video in that elevator. Nobody cared until we saw it. Maybe sometimes, I'm I'm always a fan of asking a second question, but maybe sometimes we have to take things at face value. They are what they are. They're terrible and they're horrible and you don't have to see a video to prove it.
4: For sure. Zach, hey man, I know you're a busy guy and I'm sure you're tired after a long day of, of, of covering this uh, protest, but I appreciate you coming on today, man.
6: Hey, gentlemen, a pleasure and honor. Good to see you guys. Be good. Okay. Stay safe. You too,
4: man. Dre, before we let you go, um, again, from the military perspective, we've talked about this a million times. Um, but also as a black man in America, uh, you have biracial children. I come from a biracial background. Um, when you think about what can we do now, right? Um, I saw, uh, I think the New Yorker put out a, uh, an image and it was a cartoon and it showed somebody keeling over at, at the beginning of the state. I think it was like maybe the state of New York and they were tired. They are like, dude, we're just beginning. Like what what are some small steps that you think people should should keep in the back of their head in terms of going out there and making a difference immediately? Okay.
5: First, I, I'm gonna ask you a question, but I'm gonna say, Say something. I agree with you when you say this feels different than anything before it. Yeah, you know, like uh, one of you guys mentioned, Belgium—they turned tore down a, a statue of King Leopold. Yeah, <laughs> and if you don't know who he is, he killed four million more people than Hitler. But to say that the protests—I believe—they're just getting started, and people got to be in this for the long haul. If you got, if you his, historically speaking. The Montgomery bus boycott that was sparked by Rosa Park lasted over a year. But. Someone said this, and I agree, got to listen. Got to challenge when people say things that they think they're in a company where it's acceptable. Also, when you have to ask questions that, you know, in your heart of heart, it's going to make you uncomfortable. The answers Absolutely. to them. Bingo. You got to ask those questions and listen. And don't listen to respond, listen to understand.
4: It's also the responsibility of the, of the responder to understand that they're trying to get some information that they did not have prior to this. Exactly. Right?
2: I like that. And so compassion and I both that, ways. Well, and I think that's also what kind of got Drew Brees into some trouble. You know, he exactly. went into that interview. Uh, with Yahoo, and, you know, they asked him, you know, what do you think about the flag and people kneeling? And he straight out said, without even blinking, you know, I, I think it's it's very disrespectful, uh, to you know, to the flag, considering my grandfather, and, and I, I have a couple grandfathers who fought in the war and fought for this country, but the only difference between Drew Brees' grandfathers and a lot of other black Americans' grandfathers is when they returned to the United States, Drew Brees' g- grandfather was applauded. He was viewed as a hero. Where when a lot of Black Americans came back from war, it was okay. We're still segregated. You still have to sit in the back of the bus, and that is two totally different things. And I think you know Drew Brees should have understood why Kaepernick was kneeling. It was never about the flag, like you guys alluded to. It, you, it's it's like this flag is this blindfold. And I think it, it's, it was never about the flag to begin with. Colin Kaepernick used his platform to shed a light on police brutality on black Americans in this country. And he did it in a, in a peaceful way and it cost him his job. You know what the difference is though, is that, is that he did that at that time.
4: And it's not just the white community that didn't listen or, you know, kind of turned an eye or kind of ignored it. Everybody, A a, a large percentage we we are to blame because we did not fight and back him up when he did so, right? And now those same people are like, yeah, we screwed that one up, right? cap Go ahead, go ahead.
5: I was never a fan of his as a football player. Same. Yeah, same. But what the NFL did to him made me a lifelong NFL fan. I'll never watch it again. Hmm. They – Not and and I have no problem with them not giving him a job. I have a problem with how they tried to disparage and tarnish this man's character. That's what that's where they lost me. And they brought out guys like Ray Lewis, a dude associated with a double murder (laughs) to, to disparage this kid. Who, If you looked at this kid's life, he is the model citizen that they, that the NFL talk about the good guy his yeah. whole life up until that moment. Like I say, if they didn't want to give him a job, that's gravy. That's cool. But the way they tried to assault and destroy this young man's character, it tore yeah. it for me. And I, ne- I thought he was so overrated. It was not even funny.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, uh, before we let both of y'all go, Um, any final thoughts? Um, Yeah, we
0: we talked about trust and the police. I, I, I feel kind of glad that we live in Tucson. I know you no longer live here. Um, I'm just just up the road, man. I'm just up the road now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the police really messed up big time, but anyway, uh, they they left a major building unprotected, but anyway, um, you know, just today, Magnus on Twitter asked a lady to, uh, to file, file a claim against the woman who came up and coughed on her. Um, we have a very progressive city here, and, and Ch- Chief Magnus, I believe. Um, we have a Latina mayor, and it was very odd to see what happened in the first uh, – I think Justin was there. He witnessed the first, uh, uh, what do you call it, protest. But this is Tucson. And so I can imagine living in a big city where the, it's not Tucson. You know, the chief said, hey, we are re- we're already doing all this stuff. We're already we're already uh, outlawed chokeholds. And in and, 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 and Tucson, for the most part, has been pretty lucky. We've had the Tyrone Johnson case in 2005. You guys can look up that. That was really, a really bad one where a cop um, followed a black man for 180 days or something and finally killed him. And that cost the city a lot of money. Um, the But then again, I, I have family members who are cops. And, and I don't want to be judged by, I don't want everybody, I don't want to be judged by someone in my race or something bad. So I don't want to judge all cops. But the same token, I have cousins who tell people they're Italian. So it's, 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 uh, wow. I, had another, I had another cousin post on Facebook that if George Floyd didn't have a bad background, he wouldn't have been killed. So it's, it's, it's this bizarre, it's a bizarre world. Um, wow. and, and so it's just really not making sense. And I think it all goes back to this taking a knee bit where uh, Kaepernick was actually sitting on the bench until a Marine told him, Hey, you're just reflecting the flag. Maybe if you kneel, you know, you get your point across. So he kneeled and then no one wanted to hear about the part about the Marine telling him, take a yeah. kneel, to take a knee. So we do have to listen. And, yeah. and I'm just glad we're in, I'm in Tucson. It's a, uh, I have I have three daughters. I have a granddaughter in Phoenix, so I, I don't know where this is all headed. I'm a teacher. I want the schools to open because we need to um, offer the ability of to kids to be with other kids that don't look like them. And if the kid if the schools are closed, this is just going to make it worse because they're going to be at home all day listening to their parents, watching TV. Um, you know that may be good for some, but it's going to be it's not going to be good for society. For sure, but education is a big equalizer.
4: Dre, you got any parting words?
5: Uh, man, I just I just hope the changes that are needed actually have come from yeah. this. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. That's a it's just and as far as the videos I don't watch those videos anymore. Yeah. I, I don't want to subject myself to it because I know how this story is going to end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if everybody endeavors to be the changes they want to see, mm-hmm. maybe it'll work. Yeah. Maybe this grand experiment that they call America will work. And police departments, if they would just hold other cops, cops accountable when they do things that trust issue that Andy talked about, it would be there. Yeah, yeah. If a cop does something bad, they should be held accountable. I think that's all folks really want. Yeah. It's
2: just that's, that, that's 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 the problem, though. There were three others standing right near George Floyd, and not one of them made a
0: move. I was just thinking the other day when that happened. What, what's their defense going to be? Is it going to be temporary sand? Is it going to be the frat boy defense, where I, I once we had we a group of guys, we couldn't stop each other?
5: I saw that yeah. two of the guys have already started to say it's just the one guy who did the nail in the Derek Chauvin guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy who actually killed him. Yeah. Two, two of the other cops are saying. That's him. We didn't do that. Yeah. But another big problem is how powerful the police unions are and how they hamstring politicians, local politicians who try to make change.
4: We're going to see how strong they really are now, for sure. You know, um, I think there, yeah, there, you know systemic change is coming. Hopefully it's coming. Um, and I encourage if you don't know um, how to get involved or what to, you know, it, it could be as simple as making the right vote for the right person at the right time. I mean, it, it really is. And you have, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I know when I voted before, you know, there might be a hundred things on like, you know, a national ballot, right? You know, a hundred different items. I mean, I can't look at every single proposition. You know what I mean? Like, what does it mean is I try to read and I'm like, all right, all right You know, I, I get the gist or whatever. This time, whatever city you're in, whatever, you know, uh, I forget what district you're in, you better pay attention to who those candidates are because those are the ones that are going to be able to really make some change locally for you. And then, obviously at the, at the, at the state and national level, it's a, it's an, it's a much bigger story, but Hey, Dre and Andy, thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate y'all. love y'all. And, and uh, you know, keep fighting. Cause that's what we're all thank here. You all
2: for having us. Take care, man. Thank you guys.
4: Whoa. All right, then. Wow. I mean, Hey man, I, I'll say this, you know, I, I try to uh, I, I try to, to, to walk the line and, and, and give everybody their voice. I appreciate everybody for their input. I think it was, it was tremendous. Um, I always get emotional when, when, when my kids are involved, you know, Kellen, you know, speaking, you know, it, it, he was speaking truth, you know what I mean? And, and it's great when you see that. Cause you're like, all right, well, at least I didn't screw him up. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I appreciate the <laughs> fact that, that he, you know, he, he had a, a good sense about him and he, and he, uh, and, he and he spoke his, his truth and what he feels and, and, I, I can tell that he's thought about that, and uh, that's that that means a lot to me. Um, you know, you've been in the protest. I marched on Friday. I wanted. To, I think it's good to experience that at least once. Um, yeah, you've never done it before because it 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 is it is emotional. You know, it's emotional, and it's good for you to go out there and you know and get off the phone and social media and go see it for yourself. How many yeah. people are impacted by this? You know what I mean. And so it was good for me to see that. Now is when the hard part truly starts. How do we actually make legitimate change that is going to change the direction of this country? The river is going one way. We need to build a dam and force it to go somewhere else. And that's the hardest part right now.
2: Yeah, you know, I've been and, and you're and you're like me, Saul, so we've been in this this sports bubble, you, you know, and this whole time. Over the last several years that you know we've been doing this job, we always we like to contain ourselves. You know, I said there's a, there's a reason why I went into sports and not politics because I think politics is terrible. It just brings out the absolute worst in people. You know, news is is the same deal. Yeah, you get a lot of lighthearted stories and it's great, but you, you know there's a lot of tragedy that comes along with it, and that's why I say. To everybody, as, as you can probably hear my dog barking in the background for some stupid reason, um, but I, I highly encourage everyone to get up, go to a protest, and listen. And uh, one of the main speakers at the Celebration of Black Lives that happened in Arizona this past weekend, the main speakers told people, like, listen. There were several speakers that went up and spoke. There were performers and the main point that they wanted to come that they wanted to address was just to listen, listen to our pain, listen to what we have dealt with our entire lives. Because Saul, you know, I asked Dre, you know, he about his kids and how he's thankful that he didn't have to raise uh, boys because he would have to talk to them about how they address police. And if they were to ever get into a situation where, with pol- with police how would they act so i've never had that conversation with my father my brother who's here with us right now he's never had that conversation with with our father because white privilege is a real thing we don't have to worry about something because the color of our skin we just never experienced that growing up and you know seeing that protest seeing everyone filled with emotion and and ready For to make a change. I thought it was great. And like I said, I've been in this sports bubble for so long for this to finally open up my eyes. It it was much needed and I'm, I'm ready to make a change. You know, this year, 2020 has been shitty for the most part, but I think I, for the most part, no, no, it's been shitty ever since the start ever since January.
0: The
4: only good thing that has happened in 2020 was the birth of your niece. That's it. No, no was she
2: was September. That was September, oh, oh, yeah,
4: September baby. That's yeah. right, September babies That's, got to stick together, baby. <laughs> That's right.
3: I uh, it, was, it was September 12th. I was just happy it wasn't September 11th for her. You know, just for the future. So that was gonna yeah. be really a bummer. Josh, have, you know,
4: but Josh, you're just now joining Do us. I sound
3: like I'm in a space shuttle now.
4: Yeah, you you, you sound kind of distant. But real quick, uh, we'll get we'll get your your thoughts real quick. Um, you've seen your brother cover the protests. You've you probably had some heart to hearts. Uh, with him of of late um your overall thoughts on how we can actually enact change in this country and change for the better
3: it's it's listen uh i i i think my brother and, and everybody else hit it earlier and it's making yourself uncomfortable um you know this this past week two weeks um it's been uncomfortable for everybody and and you know i've had conversations with friends of mine my wife I mean, this is equality is something that it goes. It, it's sad in this country right now. And, and like others have said, I think the fact that the world is protesting this, I mean, the world is looking at us. Um, you know, I saw something the other day and it said Canada must feel like the upstairs neighbor to a meth lab right now, you know, because it's like it's we're a mess. Yeah, And and I think, uh, like I said, reaching out, listening and educating um, now you know you mentioned it now that I'm a father this, I think it, it's hit me so much the fact that my daughter has to grow up in a world like this that's that's not okay and I, I think um, people have seen that, that the change is happening now there's no more time for waiting we've waited too long black America has waited too long um, and and I'm, I'm here to support everyone even you know it, it Whatever you need, I've made countless donations. Uh, my wife and I have gone protesting multiple times. It's hard, again, with having a baby. Um, I'm not going to be protesting at midnight. It's just, so we found times to protest in the morning. Um, and we take her, um, and we stay distant. You know, we stay in the, in the very back, but um, we, we want to be part of the change.
1: For sure. Um, you know, I've,
3: I've had conversations with my wife before, and I think it's, it's sad, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm the number one demographic when it comes to this country. I'm a straight, I'm 30, so I consider myself middle-aged. I'm a straight middle-aged white male, you know, and yeah. the fact that I can go to a job interview and get something over somebody or, or I've never had a bad experience with police. And yeah. I know many friends that have, and it's a common thing that sucks. Yeah. And, and that's not right, and that's not what we stand for. Um, so yeah, sorry to talk you off. I'm pretty passionate about this, and it's it's really been killing me the past two weeks. So no, it's all uh, good. Thank that's, you guys for doing this. This is this is how it starts.
4: For sure, for sure. No, that's why we wanted to give you a a platform real quick to to speak your 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 truth and your peace. and um, we appreciate you doing that,
2: man. Have a good night, guys. I right, see ya. All right, you know, and real quick, stall My yeah. my brother, you know, brings up a good point. You know, he was protesting with the baby. And I'm, I'm not saying you should do that because, you know, there's also a global pandemic going on in the background, which I think is crazy that we're just not even talking about coronavirus anymore when it's been running our lives for the last, uh, you know, few months, but you you know, find a way to help out and, and be a part of it. Now I'm not saying, you know, you should post a little black square on your Instagram page, or you should, you know, post something on Facebook, but you know, if you're just silently, letting things go by and you're not being a part of it, then you are a part of the problem. You know, this year is going to be so monumental in history outside of what happened with George Floyd and what's happened with other black Americans uh, who have been murdered for no reason whatsoever. Do you want to be that person that didn't do something? that didn't sign a petition, that didn't vote, that didn't sign anything? Do you want to be known as that person who – or do you want to have that on your conscience that you were someone that didn't make a change? You should be a a good person about this. Just do something. Take action because you know what? Using the term thoughts and prayers on social media is only going to take you so far, man. It really is.
4: You can only think and pray so long before you actually need tangible evidence of change, right? Um, and thoughts Absolutely. and prayers never brought anybody back. So um, yeah. I think I think one of the things that that people need to to understand, if you don't know what to do, at the very least, November third is your opportunity to make a big difference in this country, whatever side of the fence you're on. Okay. I'm not going to be political and tell you which way to vote. I'm not going to tell you what candidate you should vote for. But if we want change or if we want something that's going to be, um, you know, if we want the country to go one way versus another or keep it as status quo, November 3rd is your opportunity to prove that point. Okay. And I, I think as a country, we need not only, you know, you got the president, obviously, but we need local leaders especially in a time like this to really stand up for what is right and really back their people the way that they were nominated and voted in to do. And I think we need that more than ever. You mentioned coronavirus, Justin, we've talked about this issue for quite a bit. Um, I think it's kind of a good, good time to kind of get out and touch on some sports stuff before we wrap this all up. Um, You talked about coronavirus. You know, what's so funny is my son, Kelly, he has, he's a type one diabetic, right? And so he says that kids, kids will, will come up to him and be like,
0: sugar.
4: <laughs> and every time I hear,
0: every
4: time I hear, oh, man, every time I hear like coronavirus, I just feel like he's going to come to be like, Rona. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, <laughs> the NBA is trying to deal with it. Major League Baseball is trying to deal with it. And, uh, the NBA came out this week and talked about, uh, July thirty first being their return to play date. Twenty two teams going to try and make it back. They seem like they have a well thought out plan. The players are on board. Everybody else is on board. They're going to do it. at Disney World. I wish I had a ticket. I wish I was inside the bubble. Sixteen hundred people inside the bubble, and you probably get to ride Space Mountain with Giannis. What
2: What's not to love? <laughs> That's I mean? awesome. So uh, they don't they don't get to utilize the rides though, unfortunately. Come on, man. I know a guy. <laughs>
4: Okay. From about three o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning, we got this. Come on man. That's it, man. Midnight you know, with LeBron. There it is. Slogan. Hash it up. Put it out there. Everybody gets three Mid- ears. Put it on the ears.
2: Midnight LeBron.
4: There you go. Midnight with LeBron. <laughs> anyway, what do you thought about, What are your thoughts on the 22 team format and uh and
2: what that will lead to? I love it. I really do because this is going to get the season back on track. Because I know a lot of people uh, were excited to see what would come with the playoffs. You know, with, with the Lakers being the number one seed, with the Clippers adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and the noise that they have made this year. And I know, you know, the Clippers, you know, the 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 two or the three seed, and yeah, you know, they were a handful for the Lakers, and yeah, they. uh What's that? What's that word called again? Load management. I think we would have seen a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George, and I really think the Clippers would have been a problem for the Lakers. I mean, and with the Western Conference standings, with the Eastern Conference standings, like I said, the NBA it was such an important year this year. Plus, when you add in all the other things that happened with it, you know, with with Kobe Bryant passing away, we want to see the Lakers compete. For an NBA championship this year, Celtics most dangerous team, no joke. According Bunker. to James Bunker, <laughs> no, no, sir, no, sir, absolutely uh, not. But, but with thirteen Western Conference teams, with nine Eastern Conference teams, I love the way they have it set up because you're going to be able to play eight regular season games. So it's not like you're just going straight into playoffs. I thought no. if if you're going to go straight into playoffs, you do it right now. That way you can get everything uh, back on track. But you start off with the eight regular season games, you get, you know, you shake off the rust a little bit. And then bam, there's no excuses. I know the league, they were thinking about uh adding like specialized rules for teams. Like if you are the higher seed in the playoffs, then you're going to be rewarded like an extra timeout or like an extra possession or something like that. No, keep everything even, put them in a bubble. Yep. After the eight, Regular season games, you figure out who's going to be in the playoffs, which I love that that they're also adding uh, like a play in tournament for the eight seed. So like if a nine seed is within four a few games, games, games. of the uh, four games of, of the eight seed, then they get to have this play in tournament. So let's just say a team like Portland is still stuck at the ninth seed. I really like their chances getting in because Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside, like they have guys uh, that could be jersey, a problem in the play. they uh, uh, you know, too. Like they got they got a squad that is healthy now, and
4: that's the other dynamo, the domino in this is right. Everybody got healthy all of a sudden, and so now you get, in my opinion, you get an even better playoff because a yeah. you don't have any crowds involved, so now you get to see who was really getting gassed up by their crowd and who really wasn't. Number two, it's just like any other tournament when you were growing up in in high school or in in elementary or whatever. There wasn't like 16,000 fans in your corner. It was just, oh, we played. We played like a round robin or a league or whatever. And then you got to the tournament and the tournament is one versus eight, best versus worst. And you just move on from there. This is no different. You played all regular seasons, so you can play the worst team in the first round. So Lakers are going to play the number eight seed, whoever that ends up being, whether it be Portland or whoever else, which would be awesome if it was Portland, by the way, because you know how much I'm not a Lakers fan and how much I desperately want the Clippers to make it to the NBA championship. Um, obviously if my sons don't do it, but you know, I don't, I don't have high hopes for that one. Um, and it would just be awesome. I, plus, I mean, let's let's be real. Like LeBron on rest now, come on, dude. He's got like, I mean, he's already like taking father time. I don't know how, but man, all that wine he was drinking on during uh, the the shutdown, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to go to good use now.
2: Well, you also think too. He had the groin injury a year ago, and he missed the second half of the season. So he missed the second half of the season last year. Sat out the whole summer. Looked pretty solid. All throughout the year, I mean, he was an MVP candidate. He he would have got my vote for MVP, and now he's rest. He's drinking wine. He's still working out, doing his thing. I mean, it, it, I don't I don't see a situation where LeBron isn't in the NBA Finals. Man, we're about to, have to we're about to mute James Bunker. I tell you what, <laughs> right now, with his
4: Celtics and Lakers versus Zion talk, I, I, he's got a point though. I will say this: the NBA is going to find a way to get Zion into the first round in the, playoffs? in the playoffs, yes. Believe me. Believe he will get some whistles in his direction. Believe that. Anyway, a t- a, a league that's not doing so hot. <laughs> the hot I don't get it. Major league baseball had it teed up for them. They, they were ready to go. They had an agreement in March and now we're sitting here and there's still no baseball there's league baseball. There's literally baseball leagues all over the country, all over the world that have started. And I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I know that players want their money. I know that owners don't want to pay as much because they're losing out on ticket revenues and sales and things of that nature. <sighs> Man, can we just, can we just find a way to, to make this work?
2: Yeah. July 4th was kind of like the rough deadline or the date where they wanted to get things really started. Now here we are less than a month away, and I'm not sure we're gonna have a baseball season. I mean it, it, I, it's
4: really unfortunate. I don't see, I don't see how they're going to play baseball. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see how they're gonna play. Now, if if especially like I mean, July 4th would have been so perfect. Baseball's back on America's holiday. Like, I mean, damn, son. Like mm-hmm. you you know what, you know what major league baseball is right now? They're the Warriors. What's that? They blew a three-one lead, man. <laughs> they had this, they had they had it all to themselves, Justin. And then they blew it. They had it a teed up and ready to go. That was it, man. And, and, all they had to do, and
2: then all out of nowhere, Draymond comes kicking somebody in the balls, and that's it. <laughs> so, so what's the plan here? Because I they suggested an eighty-two game season mm-hmm. and paying players possibly on a per-game basis. Right now, I think it's really up to the players and what they want to do. But there's just there's so many different voices, so many different opinions. I know, I know. There's a handful of players that want to get back and they want to start playing, but business comes into play. You're a professional. You want your money. You don't want to sacrifice a big chunk of the paycheck just so you could play, you know, a few baseball games, especially if you're not going to make the playoffs. So, what do you do at this point if you're Major League Baseball? I don't know.
4: There's a clause in uh, Rob Manfred's uh, in the deal. That gives Rob Manfred the power, the Major League Baseball Commissioner, the power to in, enact a 50-game season, prorated, and the players have no choice because if they back out, then they're breaking their own labor law, and it would not hold up in, coit, in court. Um, so that's like the last, like that's the, like the last card he could throw on the. That's like the ultimate spade, right? Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. And as far as everything else goes, who knows. I know NCAA teams are coming back to their campuses. Uh, Some some are coming back this week. Some are coming back next week. Um, I know Auburn um, is bringing everybody back in for workouts, um, and they already have uh, some confirmed uh, uh, COVID cases. Oh, Alabama. uh, Well, Auburn, too, today. Auburn, Auburn too. Yeah, and so they're going to hold them out. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, I think once they get into the bubble of their campuses, they'll be okay. Um, But outside of that, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out nationally. Uh, And, hey, you know, obviously COVID has definitely taken a backseat to everything that has happened nationally. Uh, My hope is and what I am going to desperately try hard to do on my end is keep finding information on how people can go out there and help this cause and help really instill some equal humanity for everybody because we all deserve it. We, we're not born, you know, we, when we're born, we don't get to pick what color we are. We don't get to pick what gender we are. We don't get to pick anything that is given to us by the grace of God, okay? And we shouldn't get punished for that, you know? So Absolutely. Um, Justin, my man, do you have anything to add
2: before we wrap it up? We need change. We need change. And I know it's... It's it's more difficult and it's a taller task than me simply just telling you, hey, change yourself. We need to change as a country. You know, it it is so refreshing to see when to see a protest. And it doesn't matter what part of the country it is to see so many people, different races, different ethnicities all come together. You know, this was a lot different than. You know, Los Angeles in, in the early 90s, this is a lot different than the 1960s, but the, the message is still the same. Brutality on black Americans is still a problem. And the fact that the protesting in the message is still similar to 50 plus years ago, decades ago, that's a big problem in this country. And I'm not going to sit here and say we're going backwards as a country because we're really progressing. It's just this one problem needs to be fixed. And that's why black lives matter. You know, get get rid of all that all lives matter bullshit. I'm I'm getting tired of hearing it. I I really am because a lot of people are, are ignoring why people are saying black lives matter. Yeah. All lives matter when black lives matter. And until this problem gets fixed, all lives matter will have to be on hold. You know, uh, I'm reminded,
4: um, I was talking to Estella um, about this, uh, my fiance, and I said, when people say all lives matter, you know what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like when I would be in an argument with like my spouse at the time, right? Or a girlfriend, right? You've probably been down this road before. And you are calm, but the message is aggressive, Right. And so, like, I might be like, oh, yeah, that that dress is trash. And I hear from her, stop yelling at me. (laughs) Like, Don't listen to the tone of my voice. Listen to the message. Okay? That's what I'm trying to say. And I think a lot of people need to listen to the message. People are shouting right now. They are upset. You need to listen to the message as to why they are upset. And stop throwing your own BS in the middle of it because it doesn't matter because there's a large percentage of this country that is hurt, hurt. Okay. Just absolutely devastated about people getting murdered for no damn reason. And we need to put it to an end. It's systemic. It's, um, it's cultural, you know, there's, there's certain aspects and there's certain areas and pockets of this country that you just don't want to go to. As, as a, as a as a black man, there's parts of Texas that you can't go to. When I got into the military there was a part of Florida that they told me don't stop and get gas here after five o'clock in the evening. you know you have things that are called sundown towns. like those are real things that black people in America have to be cognizant about. I am sending my son to LSU Shreveport. There are pockets of Louisiana nah, no, you know what I mean like it's it, it just doesn't fucking stop. You know what I mean? Like we need to get to a point where it doesn't matter where you drive or where you stop or where you go. Like you're, you're free to do whatever you want as long as it's legal for everybody. And until we get to that point, this country is continue. It is going to continue to be in the micros- under the microscope. Um, and, and we need, we need change brother. And that's why we end every show talking about, you know, I always tell my man Justin and he always says the same thing to me that we love each other. He's like a brother to me. He's, you know, we we've had a long relationship for like what the last six years now. Um, man, I can't believe it's been that long already. Um, six years. And, and and truth truth be told, there isn't one day in my life that I've ever looked at you and be like, oh, this white guy. You know what I mean? Like it just has never crossed really? my mind.
2: Never, man. Never. Cause I we mean, do some pretty porny things sometimes. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we talk about <laughs> grandma. Like
4: you know what I mean? Like I could say it's the white part of me, but you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just one of those things where like I, I just don't I don't give a damn. You know, I just don't give a damn. And I care about who you are. I have black friends, I have white friends, I have Asian friends. Like I look up to people who are good people. That's who I want to, you know, who I want to emulate, who I want to be my mentors, who I want to mentor you know, good, wholesome people. And we need more of that in this country. And we need to listen because just like any husband will tell you, you're not a good husband unless you're a good listener. (laughs) And right now, we need a lot of good people to be husbands and listen to their significant others because there's a way we need to go about doing this. And
2: hey, the way we had been doing it ain't it. And just because we say Black Lives Matter doesn't mean we're saying... Yeah, but these other races. No, we're saying Black Lives Matter. Uh, what what Andy Morales said, I'm going to echo what he said earlier in this podcast. There needs to be a comma to after Black Lives Matter. We're not saying it's anti-white, we're not saying it's anti-Latino. Black Lives Matter and you know, it's it's just so great to see so many people stand up for this and I think we're we're stepping in the right direction because like you said Saul There's just something about this that feels different, but you know, I'm sure a lot of people in the past have thought the same thing about the previous instances and nothing changed. What are we going to do to change this issue? November's coming up. Listen, I'm not going to talk about politics because I just think it's, it's a terrible beast and it really divides people. But at the local level, you you need to be the change. Every vote counts and go out and make a change. If you ever have a chance to watch the documentary um, uh,
4: on HBO about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, um, there's a part in there. Jimmy Iovine found Dr. Dre. He found him and, and he signed him to his record label. There's a part in there where Jim, Jimmy Iovine at one point wanted to leave when he was producing a record for Bruce Spring, Springsteen. And this other man, I forgot what his name, he was a a high-level record exec, told him, stay in the fucking saddle. Stay in the saddle. It's going to get hard, it's going to get difficult, but you stay in the saddle. And sure enough, he was able to produce Bruce Springsteen and he was able to produce um, uh, many, many other great talents. I mean, you look in the music industry and Jimmy Iovine is responsible for a large portion of those people, right? Right now, everybody in America needs to stay in the saddle, it's called the Defiant Ones. Good looking out, Josh uh, Spears. Um, the Defiant Ones and stay in the saddle because it's going to get bumpy, it's going to get hard. We're going to get rejected from time to time. There's going to be laws that are rejected, there's going to be, you know, uh, different things that we're not going to like about this. But you've got to stay in the saddle and continue to fight because that's what we need to do. And too, too far in the past, maybe we've run up into a little bit of resistance. And then we forgot what the message was and the pain started to subside. And then we moved on. You can't do that this time around. And that's why I agree with you, Justin. It feels different. I hope it's different. This is the first time in my life where I feel like significant change
2: is going to come. And uh, hopefully we get there, brother. This is our fight. This is our fight. You know, the, the, the message is black lives matter. And the issue is with black Americans, but in order to get change, in order for this issue to be fixed, we need to understand that this is our fight. And like you said, Saul, we got to stay on the saddle. And just because it doesn't necessarily relate to us as white people, we still need to stay on the saddle because this is our fight too, man. Yeah. Black lives matter. Absolutely, bro. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. That's another episode of the Total BS Podcast live stream.
4: We'll be coming back this week. We will be back on Thursday. Hey, Hey, you know what? hopefully nothing, you know, a nuclear bomb isn't dropped, but we're going to talk about something a little bit more lighthearted and maybe we'll get into some more sports. And uh, and But we will never leave our pulse off of this for sure. And uh, yeah. I'm going to try and bring a nugget for change. Whatever small little thing I can impart, um, I'm going to try and do my part. I know, Justin, you're going to do your part. I've seen so many people out there on social media doing your part. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you guys for joining us. Total BS Podcast. Peace.
5: Fans just might turn into off fans. Be cool it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must, you're not whack. You just sound
1: whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into R-Fans. Be cool it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.